Mercies are new today. Your mercies are new. The sparrow's not worried about tomorrow or the troubles to come. The lily's not thinking about the seasons, the drought or the flood. The tree that's planted by the water isn't phased by the fire. So why should I be? Cause you take good care of me. You take The sun's not worried about the winter, cause soon it will pass. The light's not thinking about the darkness or the shadow it cast. A heart that's planted in forgiveness doesn't dwell in the past. So why should I be? Cause you take good care of me. You take 
Good morning and welcome to 1C. Would you please rise for our first song? Let's go to God in prayer. So if you would please bow your heads. Great and gracious Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for this morning, for this chance to be together. And Lord, I know there's a lot of anxiety and uncertainty within us. 
And Lord, I ask that you just take that away from us. Place that upon you as you've promised. Lord, I ask that you bless the message we're about to receive, the songs we sing, our fellowship time together. And Lord, we pray all of this in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen.
You may be seated. About this time in the service, we do what's called confession and forgiveness. And it's really the rhythm of our life as Christians, right? We, um, we acknowledge our sin. We actually acknowledge the chasm between our sinful self and the God who is perfect. And in and by ourselves, there's no way we could span the chasm. There would be this distance, and we would be lost forever because of my sin and your sin. God did something about it. He decided to send his son to this earth to suffer and die for the sins of the world so that chasm could be dealt with. And so I think it's important for us to to pray, to ponder, to give thanks for all that God has done so that we can be in a relationship with him today, tomorrow, and forever. So let's give him um, our attention in prayer. Oh, good and gracious God, our Father, uh, the one who... Uh, created and made this world and made all of us, uh, the one who understands the, the battle, the struggle that we have on this earth. Father, we do confess we sin. We sin against you. We sin against each other. And we would be lost forever without you. So thank you for stepping into this world and the sending of your son. Thank you for all that he did while he was on this earth. But ultimately, we, we look to that cross and we remember that sin, our sin, was taken on that cross and the payment was made and forgiveness is ours. And as we think of not just his death and that, that payment, but also his resurrection, we praise you for what that means for us today and tomorrow. Uh, we can live as people who have victory and hope and joy and peace. So be at work. May your spirit bring to mind all that you have accomplished and all the blessings that you've given to us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. And that is the truth I hope you hold on to, not just when you come and sit in church, but when you go out into this world, hang on to that good news that through Jesus and because of Jesus, you have forgiveness in life. As we continue now in worship, just a couple things. Um, I know that we have some guests here today. We're glad that you're with us in worship, and we'd like to get to know you, and there's two ways to do that, probably more than two, but two in particular, is one is you could stop at Next Steps in the family gathering area. We'd like to meet you, greet you, and uh, give you a gift. Or if you'd rather do the digital way, you could text 1C guest to 94,000. And that'll allow us to be in communication with you. So if you would, uh, do that. Secondly, if you have a prayer request that you would like included in worship today, um, if you would, you can text 402-242-5051, and you might have a prayer of thanksgiving, or maybe even a prayer of concern. And if you would use that, then we would be able to have that in our worship today and if you're on Facebook Live, we're glad that you're with, with us in worship. Uh, you can even put it in the comments section, and we will include that in our worship time. And then also, in a little while, we're going to be having the celebration of the Lord's Supper or Holy Communion. Here at 1C, we believe that Jesus in that upper room 2,000 years ago gave a gift for people like you and me today. 
In fact, we believe that, yes, it was bread and wine, but it was also his body, his blood, for forgiveness of sins. So if this is your belief and your faith, we encourage you to, to be a part of this celebration. And if you didn't get the elements before the service, during the next song would be a really good time for you to be able to go into the family gathering area by the window, a kitchen window, and there the elements will be. Then you can join with us as we celebrate. May God be glorified always in and through his people. Every time I try to make it on my own Every time I try to stand but start to fall And all those lonely roads that I have traveled on There was Jesus When the life I had I built coming to the ground when the friends I had were nowhere to be found I couldn't see it there, but I could see it There was Jesus In the waiting, in the searching In the healing, in the hurting Like a blessing buried in the broken pieces Every minute, every moment, where I've been, where I'm going, even when I didn't know it, I couldn't see it, there was Jesus. For this man needs amazing kind of grace, forgiveness at a price I could In the searching, in the 
My daughter Romy came home from school one day and challenged me into blowing up a garbage bag. She said that she could blow it up in one breath and asked if I could. Well, I figured if she could, I probably could. So she handed me the bag. She said I had to go first. So I took the bag, took a deep breath. That didn't work very well, did it? No. But she said she could blow it up in one breath. I told her, there's no way that you have enough air in your lungs to blow up a bag. So I made sure I got all the air out of it, flattened it, handed it to her. And she said, are you ready? I said, yep. She took it went. That's crazy, isn't it? There's a lot more air in this bag that could fit in my lungs or that could fit in her lungs. And then she explained to me what she learned in science class, that if you hold it up close to your face, only the air from your lungs go into the bag. But if you hold it out of way and blow, the air that you blow pulls other air along with it into the bag and fills it up. That's crazy. And you know, that's a lot like our lives. When we try to do things on our own, it doesn't always go so well. But if we allow the Holy Spirit to pull us along with what he's doing, we get to be a part of something bigger and better than we could ever do by ourselves. And God invites us into that. God is at work all around us doing things we can't even see. But he invites us to be moved by the Spirit, to be pulled along into things that he's doing so we can be a part of bigger and better things. And boys and girls, you can try this at home. Ask your parents for a garbage bag. And mom and dad, make sure you give them a clean garbage bag. Works a lot better. Um, but then you can actually take some time and talk about it together as a family. How do you see God at work around you in your life? And how can you be drawn into what God's doing uh, to be on mission with him? All right, let's pray. Would you fold your hands, bow your heads, and repeat after me. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for pulling us along. Help us to be a part of the bigger and better things that you are doing. Amen. Amen. And thank you. Going back to summertime, I, I was looking out and thinking of different sermon series that we could be doing. And one of the things I think it's always important to do is to look at current events. Because I, I do believe that God and the Bible has things to say to us during current events. And I don't know about you, but even back in the summer, I was tired of all the election drama. Okay, there was a lot of drama going on. And I'm thinking, oh, I know that somewhere in November, after the election, there's going to be Half the people that will be happy with how it turned out and half the people that will not be happy. And I was thinking, can you imagine if, if first and foremost we would remember a very important principle then maybe we could weather the storm of the election and the aftermath. 
And I thought about this. It's on our currency. In God we trust. So no matter what the outcome is, no matter who's going to be president, how it's going to play out for four years, this doesn't change. God is the same yesterday and today and forevermore. God is loving. God is kind. God is compassionate. God is faithful. God is wise. I mean, that will not change. So can you imagine if we would hold on to this, how that will help us get through some of the stuff that's going on now. So then as I was thinking of the individual weeks, um, you know, Randy did a great job last week as we talked about remember where you came from. Because once we identify it, you know, in God we're going to put our trust in, and we remember we're connected to him in baptism, and by his grace, he brings us into his family. When we remember that, I think that's encouraging. Then, this week, I'm going to talk about a phrase that maybe you've heard before, and maybe you've heard it in different contexts or different moments, with the phrase, there's more where that came from. And just ponder in your mind hearing that. I'm going to give you two stories. One of them, you're going to be sitting back and going, that's my pastor. And then the second one, I think you're going to, you'll be okay with. The very first one uh, brings you to a steel corrugated wall. This is not the actual wall. I just asked Robert, who, who puts this together for me, to get an old steel corrugated wall. This brings me back to the time when I was in high school and Right away, you should get a little nervous when I tell a story about my high school years. I used to go to County Stadium. Anybody know what County Stadium is? It's where the, yeah, yeah. Milwaukee Brewers, all right, the baseball team. And now it's Miller Park, but back in the day, it was uh, County Stadium. And there would be these corrugated steel walls that were in the back area by the bleachers. Now, I'm going to stand because I need to stand. The, um, I'd be with a bunch of my friends, and we were doing some things you shouldn't do that caused me to do something I shouldn't do. You just fill in the blank, and you could figure that out. So we're, we're doing this. We're walking around in the back, not even paying any attention to the game, and there's another group of people coming. So I'm with my friends, and these other people are over here. They're coming towards us, and if they look cross-eyed at us, I was going to cause some trouble. So what I would do is I would go up to these steel corrugated walls and I would just start punching them. My hands would get a little bloody and bruised and then I would turn to them and what do you think I would say? There's more where that came from. And I'm, I know what they're thinking. Now, back then I was hoping it would be different. They're probably thinking, what a stupid person to be punching an inanimate object like a wall. I was hoping that they would think I was macho and strong and mighty. Oh, well, I'm kind of foolish. All right, so you got that one. There's more where that came from. And then here's another one. It's a plate of spaghetti and meatballs. Now, my mom, who's up in heaven, was a combination of Norwegian and Sicilian. How do you get those two together? Um, by the grace of God, I'll just say even now. They eloped because both families didn't like you know, the whole storyline. 
a Lutheran and a Catholic, and here they are. Well, my mom learned the art of making Sicilian spaghetti sauce. And if you've ever had that, it's different. And it's incredible. And I'll just hold up my mom's recipe against anybody else's recipe. It was fabulous. So just picture the Thielans all kind of sitting around the table, and we're eating, and we're having a good time. And, and I don't think my mom maybe said this, but it was the attitude. There's more where that came from. Do you notice the difference between the two? And I'm going to say, when we hear that phrase, there's more where that came from, you need to be thinking about the originator who is saying it. Okay? Because this phrase, in and by itself, can go many different directions. It can go south very quickly, like it did with me, you know, at County Stadium. Or it could be something good. Well, today I would like you to take you on a journey in light of Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. And a little backdrop, the Apostle Paul. He used to be called Saul. If you remember back in summer, we walked a little bit through the book of Acts. And uh, he, he got to know Jesus on that road to Damascus. And his world got turned upside down. And he experienced the f uh, phenomenal grace of God for somebody even like him. That is so far-reaching, so life-changing, that he says these words. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or imagine. Now I'm going to stop there. When I was at the seminary and I was, you know, studying to be a pastor, I'll never forget the professor saying, you know, when you read the, the original language, when you look at Greek and you go through the, the writings of Paul, hang on for your hat. Because he is so passionate. He doesn't, he doesn't care about word structures. He doesn't care about maybe the words by themselves. He'll put together compound words, throw it all together and say, here you go. And this is exactly what he did. So it's, it's really hard to translate into English. Because in the Greek, he just puts all these words together and say, have at it. But the, the words far more abundantly, he just jumped, put them all together. And then he goes like this, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. And I hear, here's the tension. Paul is saying something here that says there is an infinite God that has infinite power, infinite might, and then there's people like you and me, finite. We can only understand this much of who God is. But he's introducing a concept that I believe that he wants you and me to hold on to today and tomorrow and until we get to heaven when all of this is going to make sense. But until then, we get a glimpse and we can go, wow. Well, I want to draw your attention to one of the words that we find in here that can be translated differently based on the translation. It's the word imagine. Some will say abundantly than all that we ask or think. That's good, but I think the heartbeat of what Paul is getting at is something that's a little bit bigger than just, quote, this intellectual moment of thinking. It's to imagine. To imagine. And for me, it, it kind of blows the walls off a building. It's something that maybe is beyond our comprehension. I think he's getting at that in this text. 
So I came across a, a quote that I think captures this, at least in our context. People who live imaginative lives are what-if people. Do you know the difference between what is and what if? It can be dramatically different. I think we need both. Like when I do pre-marriage counseling or even regular counseling, I talk about real versus ideal. We need people who can put their feet on the ground. They know what is. But I think what Paul is saying, you can know what is, but I want you to know what if. What if. Now, we're gonna, I'm going to take you on a little bit of a journey throughout history. And we're going to start with God, who is a what-if God. And we could see it from the beginning. We could see it in the book of Genesis. We look at this what-if God who made the universe. What did he make it out of? Anybody want to tell me? Did he just do a little bit of recycling of the universe and said, okay, let's put this together and here we have the universe? No, actually in the Hebrew, in the original language, it says that he created out of nothing, nihil. He, he created, he just spoke it into being. He said, let there be, and there was. And then we have this thing called the universe. Pretty powerful concept. But this is the what if God. What if I make a universe? Or how about this? What if I make man in my own image? I mean, this is getting ridiculous. The infinite and the finite, and he's doing this. But this is how he works. And then what if? What if when they sin, because he knew that they were going to sin. Remember, God is all-knowing. I do not give up on them. What if I pursue them with an everlasting love? What if? Going back again, I think that's what Paul is getting at. He wants people like you and me to look at God and, and, and know that he is a what-if God. He, he sees all, he knows all, he loves all. I mean, he has no beginning, no end. He's an awesome God in all of the, the sense of that word, awesome. And then he takes this, this what-if attitude, and starts planting it in the minds and the hearts of people. So he's on this pursuing with an everlasting love, and now he's going to do the pursuing. So we start with Abraham. What if, what if Abraham goes to a place that he doesn't even know where he's going to? What if, Abraham, look up in the sky, see the stars? Your descendants are going to be more numerous than the stars in the sky. And get, get this, Abraham. What if all people are going to be blessed through you? We now know what that means. That through Abraham, through the lineage of Abraham, the Messiah is going to come. The Savior of the world is going to take care of sin and bring back our relationship with God. What a, what a storyline, right? So what if, Abraham, what if you started believing this and living this? How about Moses? So picture, if you would, the children of Israel for 430 years being slaves. They were held in bondage to Pharaoh and to Egypt. Their life was, I mean, my guess, and if you look in the scriptures, they were wondering, where is God? Why are you letting us stay as slaves? 
for so long. So here's God speaking to Moses and moving in Moses' heart and his, and his brain. Moses, what if you become the deliverer of the people? What if through the course of 10 plagues, you convince Pharaoh that it's a really good thing to let my people go? What if? And Moses, after a little bit of reluctance, he steps into that and God uses him. Or we go to the story of David. You know, here's the, the runt. He's the, he's the youngest, he's the least significant in his family. And God is thinking, what if? What if I use you, David, to go up against a giant named Goliath? In fact, you're not going to have any weapons. You're not going to even have any armor to put on. You're just going to have a slingshot and a couple stones. What if? And then you follow his life. And what if, what if I use you, David, to be a, a leader, a shepherd for my people? And what if, through your line, David, through your family, I'm going to send the Savior of the world? What if? And we find that the scriptures talk about David having a heart after God. We can go on and on. I just want to pick one obscure one for you because you probably heard those first three. What about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Remember, what if, what if these three choose not to bow down to an earthly king, but to just trust the one true God, even in a fiery furnace? What if? And perhaps the biggest what if? What if Jesus, God's own son, God's only son, God's precious son, what if he put flesh on and was put on this earth as a little baby in a little insignificant town called Bethlehem? What if? Pretty amazing, huh? And there's story after story after story. And I want to encourage you, if, if you haven't spent much time in the Bible, start getting to know it. Because you're going to see story after story of this what-if God who has such a great big imagination using people like you and me to do some incredible things. So, what about this Jesus who would be on this earth for 33 and a half years. What if this Jesus started revealing what the kingdom of God is all about? And what did Jesus teach? The last will be first. The least will be greatest. The weak will be strong. The marginalized will be loved and valued. The outsiders will be insiders. The people of the world that would say, that would say these people don't matter, they're going to matter because they matter to God. And what if? What if people started understanding when you die to self, that's really where you start living? What if that happens? Pretty important. 
pretty important message. And this is the message of a group of people about 14 years ago. Some of you know the story. Some of you heard me tell the story about a year ago. There was a group of people, um, the district, Nebraska district of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, came to a church or a couple churches and said, hey, what if, um, what if we start a church in Columbus area that would reach the de-churched, the people that kind of fell away from church, and the unchurched, people who look at the church as irrelevant or not very meaningful, what if you start a church that would reach those people? What if? And there was a, a group, and they're called the launch team, and they're the people that kind of stepped forward and said, you know, okay, but do you understand what that means when a group does that? They're leaving the familiar. They're leaving sometimes families who are going to stay at their church. They're going to do all of this, and they're going to come on a journey with this what if. Just hang in there. I'll just say very imaginative people who are embracing the what if. And here we are today as a result of God being at work and a group of people saying, yeah, what if? What if? And we're sitting here today. I want to share with you, I, I believe, what I call the fork in the road. And I'm going to share with you several um, descriptors. Uh, in fact, four of them. And I do believe that God's people, we'll, we'll start back with Adam and Eve all the way through. We mentioned Abraham and Moses and David and Shadrach, you know, all of those people. Even Paul, right? The writer of Ephesians chapter 3. I mean, he, he was learning this and he was embracing it. He was teaching it. Some very important differences in life. So let me give you an example. So the first one is entrusted or entitled. I'll go, I'll, I'm going to go back to the launch team. If the launch team would have said, you know what? I deserve to be in a church that I'm comfortable with. I don't want something different or new. I'm going to stay where I'm at. This is really good stuff. But instead, they saw entrusted. And how many times did the children of Israel live their life as if they were entitled? We're the we're children of God. We're his chosen nation. We should have preferential treatment versus I've been entrusted with blessings. One blessing after another. Entrusted versus entitled. How about the next one? Relationship or reluctance. Again, the, the same children of Israel, there were times in their journey from uh, Egypt to the promised land, they were reluctant to follow God's lead. They were getting frustrated with God because they were, God wasn't doing what they thought he should do. And I believe the, the, what's really what was going wrong is they forgot about this relationship. Going back to this in God we trust, who's the God that made the heavens and the earth? Who's the God that delivered them from Pharaoh and Egypt? Who's the God that fed them in the journey and, and provided for them? They would forget that. So they would be reluctant to listen. How about obedient or optional? Is there a difference there? Almost night and day. I mean, I'll just say there are times in my life 
I don't want to be obedient. I'd rather live in the optional world that, you know, maybe, you know, if I'm feeling it today, I'll do it. But what does it look like when God's people following his lead, Abraham, Moses, David, Shadrach, you just put the list in front of you. They lived obedient to God's word versus if it feels good, do it. They could be a bit big different. And then the last one, multiply or maintain. Going back to that uh, launch team group, they could have just stayed at the church they were at and saying, you know, this is good. But they were willing to risk in order to multiply, to bring more people into the family of God. Paul could have done that too. But instead, he was moved by this imaginative God that says, you know what, I'm going to use you. In fact, if you look at all four of those, just think of how Paul lived his life. There are people, theologians, that will look at the, the missionary journeys that Paul had and the amount of mileage that he put on to, to share the message of Jesus was remarkable. He did not have a private jet to go from Ephesus to Galatia. Rather, he had this passion and he was embracing the what if. What if God uses me to bring the message to these people? What if I'm obedient and, and faithful? What if I keep seeing myself as I'm entrusted? I have a relationship with God. I'm obedient. You see what happens. But I think our old Adam is more comfortable with these. Our sinful nature is here. So here's the scoop. If you want to live a more life, what's going to happen is God's going to turn things upside down for us. And we're going to see ourselves in this whole aspect of, again, being um, entrusted, relationship, obedient, and multiply. You know, God is going to do something in you and through you so that you're going to look at Ephesians chapter 3 and you're going to say, I get it. There is a what if God who wants to teach me to live a what if life so that I can understand more fully this John 11 passage. Context, uh, Lazarus died. Mary and Martha are distraught and they have grief. And they're, they're talking to, to Jesus about it. And, you know, if, if only you would have done something about it. So then Jesus addresses Martha and says, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. And then there's this question that just kind of ends at the very end of this and says, do you believe this? Martha, do you believe this? Will you hold on to this? It was hard for her because grief was pretty big. I'd like to take us on a journey just for a moment with this phrase, the one who believes in me will live even though they die. Here's what I think Jesus is getting at, not just for Lazarus, but for you and for me, when we are in Christ, we get to skip the dying part. I mean, physically we die, but spiritually speaking, we take a breath, our last breath on this earth, then we have the glories of heaven. We get to be in heaven. 
What a gift. What, what a beautiful gift. But I even want to bring it into the everyday life because I think there are times when we feel like we're experiencing death on this earth. You know, you probably have talked to people, maybe it's even your own world, um, you're experiencing some of this dying thing. Maybe you're in a relationship right now and it feels like it's dying, no matter how hard you try. And you love this person, you're committed to them, but they said they don't love you anymore. That hurts. Or maybe financially, you see more money going out than coming in. And you feel like you're dying. Or maybe physically. Maybe there's some illness, some disease, something that's coming at you and you, you feel like it's, it's death. And yet Jesus' words of promise. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. And here's where it gets personal. Here's where if you've never thought of it like this, maybe God is calling you to think of it like this. Do you believe this? Do you hold on to it more than anything else? Uh, just a, a minute, we're going to hear um, the old rugged cross. Do you hold on to that cross? Do you cling to that with your very life because you know that to be true for you? About one o'clock last night, I changed my sermon. I was going this certain direction, and I couldn't sleep. And so what you're going to be getting, just so you know, this is part one of part, part two. So we're going to be talking about this whole attitude of there's more where that came from next week. But as I was just in, you know, I was awake, I was in a recliner just pondering and praying. There's more I want to share with you next week about what does it mean to live, even though we're in the midst of a lot of like dying things, it seems. In Jesus and through Jesus, we have life and we have it abundantly and we have it faithfully because he loves us. So may God grant us such a faith to, to keep looking, to keep um, being reminded that he will never leave us because of his love for us. Amen. Lord Jesus, we do ask you, enable us to live the what-if life. Help us to pay attention to the stirring of your spirit in us that moves us towards the what-if life. And we are your people, and we have prayers to bring forward. Thank you so very much that you gave us the privilege of prayer. Prayers for a quick healing and a negative test. This is a person awaiting a COVID result. Dear Lord, please put your loving arms around our friend having chest pains and guide the doctor to find answers and to bring healing. Prayers for a friend who's recovering from knee surgery. Prayers for Danny and Pam for healing from COVID. He's on a ventilator and she's at home.
Lord, in your mercy. A prayer of thanksgiving that my brother is out of the hospital and on the road to recovery from COVID. Thank you so much, Jesus, for your care. Praise for my mom, Alice, who's home. She's getting better. But God, she could sure use a big dose of your strength. A prayer of thanksgiving that I got to visit my brother, John. Thank you for these moments of joy. A prayer for all those who are working during the pandemic on the front lines. Keep them safe. Keep them healthy. A prayer for a friend in recovery. He's made some wrong choices. He needs your guidance. Draw him to you. A prayer for my best friend's grandmother who's very ill. Lord, please remember our pastor's wife, Kristen. And a prayer for all those who are with COVID. And a prayer for our law enforcement officials. Lord, please guide the president-elect and our current president as we begin our transition as a nation. Bring your calm over our nation. Help us to heal. Help us to come together. Help us to move towards being a country of peace. Jesus, help us to make decisions for our families as we decide on gatherings this Thanksgiving. Thank you very much for family. A prayer for my dad and my brother to stay safe while they're hunting today. And a prayer for a friend who's struggling with anxiety. Will you bring calm to him and give wisdom to his mom to understand his worries and to help him to just relax and feel comfortable to talk about what is on his heart. Jesus, a prayer for Donna, Rose, and Bob, that you will give them all the strength that they need and bring healing. And thank you that these prayers and all the ones that are in the room today in hearts and minds, you're aware of. You know exactly what is needed. So we offer to you the prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Are you ready for the celebration meal? I mean, that's what communion is, right? It's, it's a time where we stop, we remember, we reflect, and we receive an incredible gift. Forgiveness of sins, a strengthening of our faith, and the reminder he's always with us. So if you would, take the elements out at this time. And I'm going to share with you first the words of Jesus as he instituted and started this precious meal. And then I'll invite you to receive those elements. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and after he'd given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. 
And in the same way also he took the cup after supper, and after he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament of my blood, which is given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. So if you would, take the bread and take and eat. This is the body of Christ given for you. Then if you would, take the wine or the juice and take and drink. This is the true blood of Jesus shed for you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are a what-if God. What if you responded by sending your son to be the savior of the world? What if you gave a meal by your son Jesus in that upper room that would Forgive us our sins. Empower us for life. And what if we, who have now been blessed by this meal, would go and live lives pleasing to you? So thank you for all that you've done. Thank you for your blessings. And we pray now, Lord, that we would be your children, blessed and loved by you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. On a hill far away stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. Well, I love that old cross where the deep and best for a world of lost sinners was slain so I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down I will clean Change it someday for a crown. Oh, the old rugged cross, so despised by the world, as a wondrous attraction for me. For the dear Lamb of God left his glory above. trophies at last I lay down I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday 
on that old cross Jesus suffered and died to pardon and sanctify me so I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a crown to the old rugged cross I will my home far away where his glory forever I'll share so I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down I will clean If you are a veteran, would you please stand? Thank you. You may be seated. I know it's just two, two words, but again, we are so blessed because of your service. And uh, we're blessed to have a country like we do have, so um, we rejoice in, in, in you. A couple quick announcements just to uh, make our way through it, and uh, Thanksgiving is coming quickly, and you have many opportunities to make a difference. Um, as a church, we've been involved in a community meal. This year, it's going to be a little bit different, and we're going to be doing a uh, delivery and drive-through curbside pickup, and uh, we could really use your prayers, also your help. If you would like to assist us in that, just... Give us a call. I, I think you can go to Planning Center and probably, you know, get yourself known that way. But we really, we want to be able to bless as many people as possible. So if you are able and willing, we'd love for you to be a part of that. Um, also get the word out, if you would. Uh, there are people, not just because of COVID, but, you know, the world is getting kind of small and narrow. So we want to make sure we reach those people. So if you know of somebody, talk to them about our Thanksgiving meal and that we'd like to be able to bless them with that. All right, so if you would do that. Also, Advent by Candlelight. Advent by Candlelight. 
That is coming up soon. It's going to be on Sunday, December 6th at 3 p.m. It's part of our women's ministry, so if you would like to be a part of that in any way, uh, go on Planning Center or call the church office, and we will get you connected with that. Yes. Um, Exploration meets on Wednesdays. This week, um, the preschool kindergarten group is not going to be meeting in person, um, and we're looking at, and then next week, the following week, Thanksgiving, we encourage you to be a part of the Thanksgiving meal, not having uh, exploration Thanksgiving week. And then looking at the following week, shifting online um, as we monitor what's happening with COVID and, and want to keep people safe. So, um, but I just want to recommend if you're a parent of little ones, a great way to spend time with them and have faith conversations and, and help them grow in their faith is a storybook Bible. This is my favorite, the Jesus Storybook Bible. Love reading it. Um, miss that time with my kids because they're older now and don't need a picture book. But <laughs> uh, it's really great because Old Testament all points towards the coming of the Jesus. New Testament all about Jesus. Highly recommend this one. I'll be at Next Steps if you'd like to take a look at it or if you need any help ordering one. Um, love to help you with that. Good. And, you know, with that and, and with communication, I'll just say it's, it's so important that we are able to communicate with you. So if you would, make sure whether you sign up on Facebook to have 1C, you'll be able to see things there. Make sure we have your email or other information because we'd like to let you know as things transpire about how things are going. So please, if you would, make that extra effort and let us know and you know where you are and how we can get in, in contact with you. And with that, you know, at, at the end of the service, when we make our way out, if you would, just be uh, sensitive. There are some people in this room today, they want the six feet or more. So just be sensitive to that, especially during this COVID crazy time where things are, we just don't know how it's working. So please, please, please do that. And um, we have God's blessing. So let's stand so I can share that blessing with you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.
my hands to yours Believing there's so much more Knowing that all you have in store for me is good It's good Today is the day you have made I will rejoice and be glad in it Today is the day you have made I will rejoice and be glad Go in peace and serve the Lord. Today is the day you have made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Today is the day you have made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And I won't worry about tomorrow. I'm giving you my fears and sorrows. of life.